Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we're reading Stolen Kiss. Reviewers say, suspense, romance, it has it all. And another, this kept me on the edge of my seat. Stolen Kiss is a must-read for romantic suspense fans. You've probably heard of Goodreads, but a new site, Ream Stories, is connecting authors and readers. You can follow authors and get an inside view to their writing process, join them in special Facebook groups, and even hear some of your own short stories read aloud to the group. Once Ream Stories finalizes the ability to upload audiobooks, you can enjoy some of my ultra-steamy audiobooks. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 7 Cole looked at the time on his laptop again. The small clock on the computer screen taunted him. The numbers ticked off the minutes like a countdown on a bomb. His cell phone lay on the desk. He'd tapped at the screen throughout the day to make sure that he hadn't missed a call or a text from Julia, but when noon hit and she hadn't called, he told himself that she was busy getting her desk together and meeting her co-workers. But as four rolled around, the turkey and cheese sandwich he'd had at lunch started to sour in his stomach. Would she call? Had he somehow scared her off? He didn't think that was likely. He hadn't hit on her or behaved inappropriately. He tried to maintain a professional persona while he talked to her last night at the restaurant. A knock on the door jarred him out of his thoughts. Come in, he called out. Hey, Cole, Bella said as she walked into the room. I have the forms you asked for. She set the papers on the desk. You need to sign where I put the sticky notes. Just let me know when you're done. I'll stick them with the other snail mail that will go out tomorrow. Cole leaned forward and reached for the papers. He picked up the pile and tapped it against the desk to align the pages without taking his eyes off her. She'd been different today. He hadn't seen her once today without a huge smile on her face, and the tiny worry lines between her eyebrows were gone too. He had his suspicions about what caused her good mood, but when he saw Jack earlier, he knew they'd finally done the deed. Jack had swaggered around all day, tossing out jokes as he preened around the office bugging the others. Cole hadn't decided whether he'd give Jack hell or not, but he wasn't about to ask Bella about her previous evening's activities. Thanks, he replied. Have I gotten any calls today? Maybe Julia had called the office instead of his cell. Bella shook her head and bit her lip. Um, no. Should I be on the lookout for someone? Cole moved his hand dismissively. No, nothing important. Just his heart on the line. Bella casually shrugged a shoulder. Okay, I'll let you know if anyone calls for you. With another smile, she turned and practically floated back to her desk. Cole reached over and tapped his cell. Nothing. He checked the ringer. It was on. He checked the volume. It was maxed out. There was no way he'd miss Julia's call. If only she'd pick up the phone and call him. He thought about calling her, but then decided against it. It was her first day at work and she was getting settled into a new job. She'd call when she could. He needed to stop acting like an insecure adolescent. So, for now, Cole would read through the paperwork and add his John Hancock to the appropriate lines. Chapter 8 Julia plopped into the chair behind her desk with a satisfied smile. Restful Residence was the largest realtor office in the D.C. area, 
and they presented themselves as high-end professionals. The lobby overlooked a pond that sprawled the office park's campus. The furniture and wall decor was classy and understated. The office even smelled good, like chocolate chip cookies. She wasn't sure where the scent came from, but it made her mouth water. She'd have to stop by the grocery store and get some cookie dough. She knew the only reason she'd secured the job with Restful Residence was because of her family connections. The owner, Stuart Davis, was good friends with her parents. He'd been her father's best friend throughout middle and high school. Then he went to the same college as her father. After Amy's murder, when Julia's future seemed to stall, Mr. Davis convinced Julia to pursue her realtor license. She'd accomplished so much, overcome more than most ever dealt with, and now she'd been given a second chance. She wouldn't let Mr. Davis down. Looking around the office, her co-workers were on the phones or searching through listings on their computers. Everyone had been friendly and encouraging. She'd even tagged along with one of the head realtors as he previewed a home. Reaching forward, she picked up the little box that sat next to her computer. Lifting the lid, she eased out one of the cards. Her name and work information were printed on the business card beside the Restful Residence logo. Pride filled her as she grasped what the card symbolized. She left behind the life that had haunted her. She was no longer a prisoner to fear, going through the motions of life. She'd left that behind and was now in charge of her future, and it was going to be fantastic. Shoot, she muttered, when she remembered that she needed to call Cole. The day was almost over and she hadn't even checked in with her first client. She pulled her purse from the bottom drawer of her desk and set it in her lap. The zipper hummed as she rushed to open it. Reaching in, she pulled out her wallet and found Cole's card. She'd been surprised when he'd asked for her help the previous night, but she was thankful too. She'd heard about the problems Savage Security had encountered the night Bella had been attacked. Eric had tried to kill Bella in the office, but thankfully, Jack had shown up and scared him away. The police were still looking for Eric, but she wasn't sure why Cole wanted to move the company's location. If Eric wanted to, he could still find the new location or even go after Bella at her home. Or, perhaps, Cole realized how stressful it was for Bella to work in the same location as her attack. Julia smiled, if that was it. It meant that Cole was pretty awesome. She picked up her cell and looked at the phone numbers listed on the card Cole had given her. She had three choices. The main office, which would connect her to Bella. His office extension. And third, his personal cell number. She wasn't sure if Cole wanted the others to know he was looking for a different office space, so she decided against calling the number that would connect her to Bella. Plus, Bella's radar would activate if she called asking for Cole. Julia wasn't sure what scenarios Bella would imagine, but she knew it would be better to avoid the rumors. She decided against his cell number. If he was out with a client or on a job, she didn't want to disturb him. So, she tapped Cole's office number. That seemed the safest bet. If he didn't pick up, she'd leave a message. That way, he'd know she at least tried to contact him. Cole's eyes flew to the phone when it rang. He grabbed it before it could ring a second time. Hello? Cole speaking. He leaned back in his chair and closed his eyes in frustration. Why had he answered it that way? It sounded so professional and lacked any friendly warmth. Julia smiled when she heard Cole's robotic greeting. 
That must be his typical greeting at work. It matched her impression of him. Calm, cool, and unaffected. Hey, Cole. Sorry that I'm calling you so late in the day. Today's been a whirlwind. She leaned forward and set his card on the desk. She rolled her eyes at herself. She wasn't prepared for this conversation. She didn't even have paper to take notes. She pulled open the top drawer and grabbed a small notebook and pen. No worries, he replied. Thanks for calling. She clicked the top of the pen so it would be ready to write. You mentioned that you're looking for a new space. What do you have in mind? Cole checked the time. It was pushing five o'clock. I don't know about you, but I'm starving. Would you mind if we met for dinner? I can tell you what I'm looking for, and you can tell me about your first day on the job. Hmm. Julia hadn't expected him to ask that. She wasn't sure she wanted to accept lunch or dinner dates with her clients. Did the company have a policy on that? But then again, Cole wasn't just a client. He was an acquaintance. She took a deep breath and said, Sure. I'm getting hungry, too. Where would you like to meet? Cole was shooting blind. He had no idea what kind of food she preferred. His knowledge of her was limited to what he could learn through watching her at the restaurant and through Mike, who didn't pontificate on the dietary habits of his female acquaintances. What about Chinese, burgers, or Mexican? Do any of those sound good? He asked, hoping that at least one of those would appeal to her. Ooh, they all sound good. What about Mexican? There's one right by the target. Near Iron Sights? That's the shooting range, right? She thought that was the place that Mike took Alicia to when he taught her how to shoot. Yes, he replied. Did she shoot? If she didn't, he'd have to teach her. Sounds good. I can get there around 5.30. Does that work for you? Sounds perfect. Okay, see you then. Setting her cell on the desk, she slipped her notebook into her purse and made sure she was logged out of her computer. She couldn't help but smile. Her first day on the job was a success. She had a serious client and was going on her first business dinner. Life was looking up. Chapter 9 Cole pulled open the restaurant's door and stepped inside. Taking a quick look around, he confirmed that Julia wasn't there. Satisfied, he stepped outside again to wait for her by the entrance. He pulled his cell from his pocket and checked his email. The February evening was nice, but a cold breeze whipped through the air. He was glad that he'd worn his leather jacket. Julia pulled her silver Camry into the empty parking space and checked her lipstick in the rearview mirror. It was the end of the day, and her makeup was wearing thin, but she still wanted to look professional. She pulled her lip gloss out of her purse and coated her lips with a thin layer. Rubbing her lips together, she evened it out and took one last look in the mirror. There wasn't much she could do to freshen up from the driver's seat of her car. She'd have to get a compact of powder to keep in her purse, she eased out of the car and waved when she noticed Cole waiting on the sidewalk. Cole slid his cell into his pocket and enjoyed the view. Her dark gray pencil skirt stopped at her knees. The snug fit accentuated the curves of her figure. Black boots covered her legs and added a few inches to her height. Her blue coat hung open and showed a silky pink blouse. He'd never seen her look so professional. She'd always been in her waitress clothes, whenever he'd seen her. He liked this new look on her. Thanks for meeting me, he said as she stepped onto the sidewalk beside him. He rested a hand gently on her back as he reached for the entrance door. She greeted him with a smile. This is what, she paused, the fourth time I've seen you this week? Kim's words floated through her mind. Was Cole interested in her? The notion intrigued her.
Cole pulled open the door and held it for her as they crossed the threshold. I guess that's right, he replied. At least this time you're going to get to enjoy dinner too. He planned to take her on a real date, once she was no longer his realtor. She stepped into the restaurant and turned to watch him enter. His cologne teased her, luring her closer to him. Had he refreshed his cologne for her, or did he always smell that good at the end of a workday? She leaned towards him, allowing her arm to rest against his. That's right. No more waiting tables for me. But I must say, I had one group of gentlemen who were excellent patrons, always respectful, and most importantly, good tippers, she added with a wink. He snorted, his lips curving into a smile. Obviously no one I'm familiar with. I don't know any gentlemen, he teased and removed his leather jacket. She laughed. Yeah, I guess you're right. You guys aren't exactly the poster boys for white-collar gentlemen, with your scraggly beards and tattoos. But you'd be surprised how rude some men can be. The lawyers were the worst, she added with an eye roll. Scraggly beard? Was that how she saw him? He always kept his beard well trimmed. What the hell was up with that, anyway? Cole made a brushing movement with his hand as if he were wiping something away. Nothing surprises me anymore. And don't worry, no offense taken concerning the scraggly beard comment, he teased, stroking his hand over the scruff on his chin. She burst out laughing and covered her mouth with her hand. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Her cheeks pinked as her smile brightened her face. She took a moment to peruse his face. His brown eyes sparkled as he returned her gaze. With a raised eyebrow, she said, The beard looks good on you. She looked him over from top to bottom, impressed at his rugged build. His broad shoulders and biceps stretched the fabric of his shirt. His jeans formed his body, cradling his firm ass and bulging slightly in the crotch. Her cheeks heated with embarrassment when she'd realized he'd caught her checking him out, and that he liked it. She glanced out the window and then cocked her head. I'm just saying that not all guys can pull off that look. It took everything in her to keep her eyes on his face and not glance at his crotch again. Was this how guys felt when women wore revealing shirts and didn't want to come off as perverts by constantly staring at their cleavage? I get it. That was actually a compliment, he stated, nodding his head and chuckling. Thank you. His lips curved ever so slightly into a smile. He liked that she was checking him out. It was about damn time. He'd been ogling her legs, ass, and gorgeous face for months, whenever he was at the restaurant. His low, rumbling laugh sent goosebumps skittering over her. She'd never paid much attention to him before. He was always the quiet one at the table, who masked his face behind his beard. And what she could see of his face always looked serious. But she was beginning to see that he had a fun, possibly sexy side. That's a relief, she started. My first day on the job, and I'm already insulting clients. That wouldn't bode well for my future. Your future will be awesome. You're a fighter. He pointed towards the register where the waitress was waving them over. Julia's eyebrows pulled together at his words. She was a fighter? In her opinion, she was the exact opposite of a fighter. She hated conflict and frequently denied her own wishes to please whomever she was with. She always let her friends choose the restaurant or movie. She stepped up to the counter and ordered first. As she was pulling out her credit card to pay for her meal, Cole placed his order. 
She looked at him for a second and then held her credit card out for the waitress. She didn't have a work credit card, but she figured this was a working dinner since they'd talk about his needs for the new business. She'd have to ask her mentor how to handle these situations. Cole glanced at her and then extended his credit card to the waitress. Don't worry about that, he said to Julia. I asked you for this meeting. It's only right that I pay. Well, she paused. Thank you. She slipped her card back into her wallet. She wasn't one to make a scene about who should pay, and she wasn't about to complain when a handsome man wanted to buy her dinner. Cole signed the receipt, and they walked to a table. Julia tucked her dark brown hair behind her ear and pulled out her notebook. First, I have to clear up something. You said that I was a fighter? You obviously don't know me well if you think that. When Rob had held her and Amy hostage in their apartment, she'd crumbled. Before that nightmare, she'd always thought that she'd stand up for herself, fight an aggressor, or at least go down fighting. But she hadn't. She'd stood frozen, terrified her life was about to end. She'd screamed when Amy's body collapsed onto the floor, and when Rob turned the gun in her direction, she knew that he would shoot her. But in a split second, the window shattered and the muted thunk of Rob's body falling to the floor startled her out of her frozen trance. She thought she was the one who died, but a sniper's bullet had snatched her from the pit of death and given her another chance at life. Cole knew that she was referring to her near-death experience. The raw reality of death imprints differently on everyone. I don't think you're a fighter in a bad way. It was a compliment. He casually shrugged a shoulder. Look what you've overcome. You didn't let the situation with Amy's ex-boyfriend stop you. You crawled out of the mire that threatened to suck you into a pit of fear and self-doubt. Some people never get over shit like that, but you did. You aren't trapped living a routine that you'd never planned for yourself. Look at you. He motioned towards her with pride. Working for the top realtor agency in the area? You should be proud of yourself. She'd never looked at it that way before. She'd been too busy fighting through her fears and self-doubt to look at herself objectively. But he was right. She had overcome a lot. She'd witnessed a horrific event and had almost been killed, but she didn't let that event stop her from living her life. It had slowed her down for a while, put her behind her schedule for where she wanted to be in life. But now, with the help of a good therapist and friends, she was back on track. A genuine smile brightened her face. That was nice to hear. Thank you. She took a deep breath. She wasn't sure how much Cole knew about that event, and she figured he'd learned bits and pieces about it from Mike, but she liked that he saw her in a positive light and not as a victim. Sometimes I see myself as a victim, helpless, terrified, but you're right. She nodded her head and continued. I'm not letting that ruin my life. Rob killed Amy that day. Her eyes puddled. She brushed one finger over one eye. I'm not letting him kill my future, too. Cole hadn't meant to make her cry. He reached across the table and placed a hand over hers. See? You are brave. He stated it as if it were a fact that couldn't be denied. You just bared your soul to me. Not everyone can be that honest. Not even with themselves. She laughed in embarrassment, positive her mentor wouldn't think crying during a work meeting would be acceptable. Taking in a deep breath and letting it out slowly, she said, Maybe we should talk about your needs before the food comes. Are you good with that? He'd love to have her assist him with his needs, and he'd love to discover her needs. He fought the desire to keep his hand on hers. 
The desire to stroke his thumb over her soft skin sent his blood racing. Instead, in order to maintain control over his body's reactions, he released her hand and wove his fingers between each other on the table in front of him. Of course. I need a place that's bigger than where we are now. He paused and his face took on a curious expression. Have you seen our space? Where you are now? No. She gave a quick shake of her head. I haven't been there. I did check it out online. Hopefully he'd like that she'd done her homework. He nodded his head in approval. Good. I'd like at least 2,000 square feet. And most importantly, I want it detached from other offices. She scribbled the number down and stared at it. Okay. Raising her head, she looked at him. What exactly do you mean when you say detached? Are you willing to share a wall, like a strip mall? He crossed his arms over his chest and leaned back in his chair. No, it needs to be set apart, isolated. He wanted to tell her why, but they'd hidden the fact that Eric had tried to blow up their office building with several bombs. The public didn't need to know that. I'm going to put in a shooting range, he shrugged casually. Don't want any stray bullets hurting anyone. That makes sense. Location? Preferably Carisburg. But I'm willing to consider other areas that are in the general vicinity. A waitress stepped up to the table. A waitress stepped up to the table with food baskets on her tray. Julia? Julia smiled at the lady as she dropped her notepad into her purse. That's us. I'm the quesadilla. The lady set the food in front of them and walked away. Do you mind if we finish after we eat? She asked. Sounds good. Cole replied as he wrapped his hands around his burrito. Tell me about your day. Julia dunked a chip in the salsa. It was amazing. Her eyes shone with excitement. This morning was basically getting set up and meeting co-workers. She rolled her eyes and leaned towards him. I had to sit through the mandatory sexual harassment video, she chuckled. Did you make the guy sit through something like that? I bet that would have been entertaining. She would love to hear their R-rated comments even if her ears sizzled and turned to ash. He chewed and swallowed. We did in the military. Harassment isn't really a problem for us at Savage Security. We have only one female working there, and if anyone gave her trouble, she'd have the rest of us to back her up. Julia's quesadilla hovered over her basket. Speaking of Bella, how are things between Jack and her? She bit into her quesadilla. She'd seen the pair together a few times when the group came to the grill house to eat. Jack and Bella always sat beside each other. Even though she hadn't caught them touching or kissing affectionately, she had caught the heat between them in their gazes. Cole harumphed. They are good friends. Julia laughed, her eyes sparkling with humor. Ah, oh, that's what they're calling it now. She bobbed her head up and down in a teasing way. Good to know. I don't gossip, he quipped and shrugged a shoulder. He wasn't trying to be evasive but he didn't know how much Jack and Bella wanted outsiders to know at this stage in their relationship. You need to talk to one of them if you want to know what's going on between them. I'll be sure to do that, she replied, and decided to change the subject. So, after the longest morning on record, I had a great afternoon. I went to lunch with my mentor and then checked out some properties with him. Him? Curious. Cole kept his face blank. You have a mentor. That's nice. Julia dipped the edge of her quesadilla in the salsa. Super awesome. She leaned forward and glowed as she continued. My mentor is Brett Silva. She said the man's name with such reverence that the acid in Cole's stomach bubbled. 
Huh. Brett Silva. The name sounded familiar, but he couldn't place the guy. I feel like I should know that name. Oh, she shook her head enthusiastically as her eyes widened with excitement. You've heard of him. His name and pictures are all over town. His advertisements are on buses, benches, billboards, and throughout neighborhoods on those little signs that people put in the yard when they're selling their house. Huh, Cole said with a nod. He did recognize the name, and now he had a visual. Brett Silva was the dark-haired man whose haughty face grimaced at the common folk from his various perches throughout the greater D.C. area. Cole's mom had said that she loved those pictures and would let Brett Silva sell her house any day. She thought he was handsome. But all Cole saw was a smug, arrogant asshole. I remember him now. You were lucky that he was assigned to be your mentor. He was guilty. The statement was a fishing expedition. Julia shook her head and set her drink down. Oh, no, I don't think he was assigned to me, although I do know the owner, Mr. Davis. She tilted her head as she thought. Maybe he asked Brett to show me the ropes, but I didn't get that feeling. Cole nodded. So the arrogant bastard hit on the new girl the very first day of work. Asshole. We went to lunch first and then looked at houses. He is awesome, she praised. I'm really lucky to have his help. Yes. Please continue. Every man wants to hear how awesome another man is when he's out with a woman. He told me about some of his biggest mess-ups, she rattled on. I think he wanted to let me know that it's okay to screw up sometimes. Those mess-ups were meant to humanize him. Woo her with his self-deprecating charm. Sounds like you had a good time, Cole said. The asshole definitely wants in her pants. Oh yeah, she agreed emphatically. I'm going to love being a realtor. I'm going to meet all kinds of people, help them fall in love with a home, and be there to watch their dreams come true. She was clearly in the honeymoon stage of her new job. That is great. I'm happy I get to be your first client. He needed to get her mind off of the great Brett Silva and onto him. Leaning forward and dropping his voice to a deep whisper, he said, I'll let you practice on me all you want. He was dangling a double entendre before her to judge her reaction. Her face froze for a second, and then a blush washed over her cheeks. She cocked her head to the side, not sure how to react. She'd look like a fool if he hadn't meant for a statement to sound provocative. But he had leaned towards her and then whispered it. So it was clear that he'd purposely stated the phrase. She steadied her breathing as Kim's words played through her mind. Cole was interested in her. That's why he wanted her to be his realtor. Maybe she shouldn't be talking about another man in front of him. She drew her lower lip between her teeth and decided to play along. Leaning towards him, eyes shimmering with lust, she whispered, I'm all for experimenting with you. We can check out the nooks and crannies that tempt you. I can help you with the ins and outs. We can take our time and enjoy the process. With a wicked smile, she sat back in her chair and popped the last bite of her quesadilla into her mouth. She pushed her basket aside, as if she hadn't dropped a sexy-as-hell double entendre on him with a seductive finesse of a phone sex operator. Then, donning her mask of professionalism, she retrieved her notepad from her purse and flipped it open. Looking at him with a raised brow, she asked, What other requirements do you have? Her heart hammered in her chest but she hoped she looked confident and sexy. She knew she was playing with fire. 
She was seriously contemplating getting burned. Cole's cock enjoyed the flirty banter and wanted to get on the action of exploring Julia's nooks and crannies, along with a healthy dose of ins and outs. He managed to keep his drool in his mouth and regained his composure to match her behavior. Reigning in his hormones, he managed to focus on his business needs for the new location for the rest of their meeting. He debated hugging her as they parted in the parking lot, but then decided against it. This was a work meeting, and if he hugged her, it would make things awkward between them at their next meeting. He erred on the side of caution because he was going to do this right, and she hadn't moved towards him for an embrace. He could wait her out. Before we say goodbye, I have a friend I'd like you to meet. Mary Duke is a prolific writer on Amazon's Vela platform. Her books range from supernatural, thriller and suspense, YA and steamy romance. There's something for everyone in Mary's repertoire. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope that you enjoyed these chapters from Stolen Kiss. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.